0: Isaac Fitzgerald, she is Sylvia Obel. TV moms have been acting up all Mother's Day weekend, and you're watching am to dm
1: Yes, the Mother of Dragons went off last night on Game of Thrones, but I think the former Queen Mother, Cersei, had the worst holiday of all. Carolina tweeted, remember when Game of Thrones celebrated Father's Day with Tywin's death and Stannis burning his daughter? That was fucked. Only Cersei's death of Mother's Day could bring us full circle as well.
0: And the writers seem to have accepted that challenge because King's Landing came tumbling <laughs> down on Cersei last night. I gotta ask, were you satisfied with the death?
1: Hell no, I wasn't satisfied with the death. I went, you wait, you even tell me I waited two years for Cersei Lannister to die in the arm of her lover brother by buildings, by bricks? Are you kidding me? I wanted blood. I wanted to see her eyes
0: gorge. I wanted to see the dead body. You want? I wanted, you wanted to see blood. See you wanted to see, like, the life leave the eyes. And you don't like that they had that sweet mo. You don't like that. No, bad. she
1: put me through too much. She put us all through too much to not die the worst death on this here show. I can't believe it. I'm pissed. I'm pissed in case you couldn't tell. I'm
0: you, you wanted her to die a real bad death. I wanted death. It to
1: be bad. I mean, I, listen.
0: She's I mean, dead the building did fall on her. Finger.
1: Oh, hey, have you seen Game of Thrones? Do you not remember old boy's head Lily busting out or Joffrey's poison? I want it to be long and painful. You understand? It's drawn out. Ugh. You
0: feel like it was a little rushed, which is to say a lot of things in this season being a little rushed.
1: <laughs> Listen, so let's take it to the timeline. Let us know how you felt about Cersei's death using the hashtag am to dm Because like me, if you were like me... You are happy. So
0: you just... I like that you just wanted her to die harder. I wanted her to die worse. There okay. must have been some I people... To, I to make some sure some people are maybe rooting for her. Oh, what, what kind of <laughs> devil is
1: rooting for the woman who blew... Anyway, Cersei is the... Everything that happened last night is Cersei's fault, okay? So let's just get into that, too, because... They asked her, hey, sis, don't do this. That's true. And she said, no,
0: I'm going to do this. She cut off her head. And now
1: suddenly she's like, oh, no, I don't want to die. <laughs> 17,000 people told you you were going to die if you didn't relinquish the throne.
0: I, I'm just saying anyway, it's not. Yeah, go, go,
2: go, go, go. Cer-
1: but anyway, Cersei's death wasn't the only thing people had mixed feelings about from last night's episode. Kay tweeted, I don't buy that Danny is the next Mad Targaryen. I buy that she's fucking done with everyone around her undermining her and everything she's done and sacrificed at every turn.
0: On the other hand, Van Newkirk tweeted, and I really agree with this one, I actually don't think the Mad Queen arc came out of nowhere. It was pretty heavily telegraphed from season one and fits with what we should expect from Game of Thrones. Just felt unearned and rushed because everything is unearned and rushed because the pacing has been shit. This season, it really, really has. has so that's fun. the thing. Like, just like you kind of wanted Cersei's <laughs> death stretched out, there are a lot of things that I feel like could have used a little bit more time to breathe. Yes. And especially at the top of that list is Danny kind of losing her damn mind. Because I, you, you feel bad about that. You loved her as a character.
1: I, I, I was very Danny Hive. You know, <laughs> Danny is like, she was the freer of, cha- breaker of chains. <laughs> she spent the first seven seasons going around the world freeing people of color, you know, like telling them, come with me or not. Let's go. You, you know have a choice. You have a choice. Uh-huh. She's been strategic. She started out as a little sister who was being abused and sold to a wild tribe of heathens, right? And she ended up this powerful queen. She literally came up out the fire with three dragons on her back and carried this show. And this is how you thank her? By making her the Mad King's daughter queen? Like, whoa, I could have written that. Give me a million dollars. I
0: write that narrative like I see I would argue that I feel like they were making the case like she had done some pretty raw shit building up to this and like you said all of a sudden all of her friends are gone but for me I would have wanted to see happen over a season right? like Like her starting to see shit her maybe starting to hear shit not just all of a sudden like oh John didn't kiss me back so fuck it and that was like, that just it's not good storytelling. It's not, right? Like, I mean,
1: while granted, if I had Jon Snow in the in the my hand and then found out that he was my nephew, <laughs> I'd be pissed too. I might want to light some things on fire as well. Because the man is fine. But I don't think that they built it up enough by giving her that one scene with no makeup on, looking mm-hmm. all angry. Her, her that, hair, oh, her, suddenly she's crazy. Her wig's a little like, askew, and that's yeah. I mean, I just feel as though they could have drawn it up and like we said yeah. and I mean like they killed I mean everybody that she loved is gone that's like yeah. her. like her right hand man the old guy who loved her is dead yeah. her home girl died and they told her to light it up
0: and she did but, but I just feel like she did not listen to those bells but like like we're saying the things, bells things have just been moving very fast I will say John kind of what did she say he pulled back from that kiss and she was like fear it is I guess yeah. I mean give us a good line Fear for it breaking is. it up. You Anytime somebody's up trying to break Fear up here. <laughs> yeah.
1: But I'm also kind of just like, who if like if you're gonna turn Danny into like this anti-hero mm, suddenly mm, at the end, mm. like who's supposed to be the hero now? Because John, bless his moral pugnant heart, like he He's can't dumb. even keep a secret in his He's own family. He, and like <laughs> and like Sansa. <laughs> had one good season and suddenly y'all are like, ah, she's great. I'm not saying I'm anti-Sansa. She's a smart I'm not girl. following you down that path. Listen, I'm not following I'm not you down that to path. I'm miss off Sansa yeah. Hyde because yeah. Sansa, she's too, I just don't think she got the queen. Like in her, like I don't think that no, she's No, I think she'll that. be
0: warden of the north. I, I just yeah. don't know how, like this is, and this is the thing also, like George R. R. Martin, right? Let's talk about that. George
1: Rough Roger Martin, <laughs> as I like to call him. <laughs> This is why he knew not to end the series. (laughs) He's still alive.
0: He's still alive. I think George Rough Rider Martin, which I guess that's what the RR stands for. It's now canon. I think he's gonna finish the series after this series ends, and he will have a different ending, and then he will make all the money. That is, I think that's what he's gonna do. Yeah. That's what I think's gonna happen. But as for like who ends up on the Iron Throne, you know me. Listen, Game of Thrones, I love it as a show. I'm not loving these last seasons. I don't love conflict though, so I hope they like just like melt the Iron Throne down, sell it for parts, the become like a nice peaceful about? democracy. That's what I. You you got anybody you're betting on?
1: I just hope it doesn't end in some elusive way like some other bad shows that we know. I mean, other good shows that the. Ended Sopranos the Sopranos <laughs> ending was good. the Sopranos ending. Okay, give me a defined ending like the. one or something like that and I can live with that. Let me know how people go out. Okay. So all I'm saying is they got one more episode to tie it up. I don't think they're going to make us happy. I think we're just going to have to live with the fact that this is what we get for depending on two white men to make us happy and that's just what it is. But let's take it to the timeline. Let us know which past series finale upset you the most Using the hashtag AM2DM.
0: Amen. All right, let's leave it with this gem of a tweet from C. Missandei in heaven, like, I know I said Dracarys, but this isn't what I meant. should they use some more words, sis. They should've listened and to she the
1: best. She, la- so she told, she asked Cersei. She said, Cersei, don't make me do this. Tywin said, and Tyron said, and Ty- Cersei said, let there be light.
0: Let there be light. All go, right. Fuck your bells. Let's keep, let's keep the TV moms not giving a fuck <laughs> attitude rolling and talk about Constance Wu. Here's a tweet from BuzzFeed News.
1: Constance Wu explained her angry tweets about Fresh Off the Boat being renewed. My words and ill timing were insensitive to those who were who are struggling. Yeah,
0: and so, listen, to anyone that missed it over the weekend, basically, fresh off the boat, it got announced that the season's being renewed, and she tweeted, so upset right now that I'm literally crying, ugh, fuck. Then also tweeted, fucking hell. And then a, f- a fan basically was like, congrats on your renewal, great news. And Wu replied, no, it's not. Like, <laughs> like you cannot make an argument that this is not what she was talking about. She then went on to apologize. It's it's one of those issues I can kind of see both sides of it. I understand. What she said in the apology was like, look, she wants to take on characters that are a little more challenging than the character she plays on Fresh Off the Boat, Jessica. That said, one, you gotta have a group text. The delivery. You gotta have friends. Yeah, the delivery is what... Like the thought, I understand the thinking, but it's like she should have had a friend that was like, hey... Maybe don't take that to the timeline. Maybe DM it. Maybe, Maybe let it don't out. end with believe women. And then the apology, <laughs> the last line on the apology was believe women. And that, where was the editor? Where was the publicist? Where was the friend? They're all
1: getting paid, so I want to know where they are <laughs> because
0: okay. somebody owes her the money for a refund. Exactly. Well, Slate's Ingu Kang, who wrote last year that Fresh Off the Boat has a Jessica problem, joins us now. Good morning, Ingu. Good morning, guys. All right, let's start with the drama. What did you make of Wu's apology?
3: The apology was very bad. And also I loved it because I feel like the thing I care about the most in this whole entire scandal is essentially Asian-American representation. And we haven't really had like, you know, if you want to call her a diva, we haven't really had an Asian-American diva who's willing to, you know, toss her weight around. And so I'm really happy right now.
1: (laughs) I like. I like. I kind of like where you're going with that because you're right. Like everybody deserves a diva, mm-hmm. and I do think. Like, do you think this goes in line with her personality? Because I kind of do stand the fact that she left the tweets up. Like, yeah, I said it. Yeah, they're still up. And she what? didn't delete them. She's like, go watch Crazy Rich Asians on HBO. It's out now. Thanks for that check as well. <laughs> like, do you feel like this is Constance Wu's? Like, this
3: falls in line with her, like her stardom. I think she has a really strong personality, and I think. Previously, she's used that really strong personality to speak up for Asian American representation and to fight against discrimination. You know, she has like a really uh, beloved uh, takedown, I guess, of like a journalist who asked her to do a Chinese accent on stage. And she was like, no, that's not what that accent's for. And so I think that she's really beloved because she, she's used that force of nature of herself for good. But I also like her advocating for herself.
0: Yeah. And being like, look, I want to take on new challenging projects because to the point of your piece, Jessica as a character is kind of falling short these days. It seems like you agree with her on that front. What is it about the character that you feel like is uh, is not connected in the way that it did in the first three seasons?
3: I feel like this is a really hard character, at least in the first three seasons, which is that. She is a character who really refuses to accept American culture. She doesn't want to assimilate. She doesn't want to be just like everyone else. And weirdly, as a result of that, she used to be the most relatable character. But now every storyline is like, oh, Jessica's too selfish. Jessica is too mean. And then she apologizes at the end. And it's so uninteresting. And it sort of... I, I think like the hidden implication beneath all of this to make someone who is so outside of American culture or who refuses to assimilate the bad one who needs to be corrected sort of means that like every other, I guess, like immigrant who sort of feels skeptical toward mainstream American culture, like also is sort of like a correction that needs to be fixed or sorry, also is like a problem that needs to be corrected.
1: Yeah, that's an interesting and, point. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Okay. No, yeah, I think that's an interesting point because I was going to ask, what would you like to see happen to Jessica's character next? Since she's asking for it to be more interesting, I feel like the writers might give her more interesting than she's looking for if they're feeling petty about it. But how do you, what would you like to see
3: from her storyline? I would love to see her go back to her old days of yelling about white people, honestly. Those were the best lines
0: that's all we need that's, always that's all we need and, well, <laughs> and listen she's doing it now on the timeline and I gotta say like, I, I see what you're saying and I think there's a good strong case to be made that said that apology should have been edited yeah. it could have been said a little bit <laughs> look at you you're like absolutely so the,
1: I mean I res- listen I respect the, the, the initial uh, damn but the, <laughs> but the statement was mm-hmm. you know but thank you so much for joining us Ingu
3: thanks for having me Really
0: appreciate it. Yeah,
1: no, that's that's basically where I'm at on
0: it. It just feels yeah. like it could have been warded just like a little better, but also let her be her. And I like that she's kind of leaving the tweets Yeah, out.
1: and I want to see her do other roles. Like, I love yeah. her in Crazy Rich Asians. I would hate to think how many movies we may have missed from her mm-hmm. because of this role also. Mm-hmm. But I also understand that Fresh the Boat feels a very real void in network television uh, because there's a lack of Asian family Mm -hmm. comedies and dramas on television. So I
0: I wish they would work around her schedule because that's the thing I want to know. That's the one thing we don't know is what was the role that she was so excited about. I hope we get to find that out at some point. But listen, we've got another great show for you this morning. Comedian Rachel Dratch is here and you'll get to see my talk with the incredible author Ann Patchett. But up next, we're doing fire tweets. Welcome back. You ready to Jokaris?
1: No, i about to line it up. It's in the Daenerys style. Okay? All right, I here like we go. You... <laughs> Banks tweeted, my son texting this little girl talking about, what do you want for lunch tomorrow? Excuse me? Not with my fucking money. Sis better eat that free lunch trick, daddy.
0: <laughs> Get out here <clears> spending <throat> their parents' money. I mean, me as a mom. I don't know. But either... Like,
1: that's... Like, what the you're you like, buy a lunch for else my money? It.
0: Yeah, it's like, I'm working really hard to make sure there's food on your table. Don't go taking anybody else out. <sighs> anyway. <laughs> All right. Alex, you tweeted, they're like 12 is the correct way to refer to anyone that is younger than you. I feel like that's not This is disrespectful. I actually, I, I, I don't I agree do this. with this tweet. I you do this?
1: As a 29-year-old, I feel like if you're that young, you might as well be 12. Like To which I can say to 25, you, 25, 12. What are you, like 12? You could. You could, not with <laughs> I feel like I played myself like, on that
0: one.
1: It's like, no, that's miss. I'm not sis, sis. I miss sis to you, okay? 24-year-old girl. I love, you know, I'm here for the camaraderie, but you're like 12. You're like 12. It's like... That. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's, it's just... It's just... Cold. It's just okay. If Rihanna was, came out when you were in elementary school, you're like 12 to me no matter how old you are now. I'm sorry. It's just... Right? Okay. No,
0: you're on your own.
1: Louise <laughs> tweeted... Hey, sorry for not replying. I didn't want to. Yeah, that's... Wow. I mean, I respect, I respect the bluntness. That's kind of Constance Wu
0: style, right? Just like, yeah. Just like, sorry, but... I want to. Do you respond to texts, like, immediately?
1: Um, I I used to be very much like that. Uh-huh. And then I realized I was giving everybody else the agency that, like, they weren't giving me. So, like, fuck it.
0: <laughs> and now I respond when I want to. <laughs> respond when you want to. All right. Excellent. Jesse, you tweeted... The face of all the parents that name their kids Daenerys, Danny, or Khaleesi. And that is just. Here's the thing: 2018, there were over 500 kids named Khaleesi alone.
1: Well, okay, Daenerys maybe, Danny, okay. <laughs> Khaleesi is means queen in the made-up language from a show on HBO. Yeah. That's what you want your child to have to say for the rest of their lives. It's not even a real language.
0: And it's not breaker of chains anymore. It's literally like killer of innocence, all of King's Landing. I'll never I do, do, do want to my ask girl. you this. I'm Yeah. So Alright, so you're mad at the writers, you're mad at the show creators for, for taking taking Daenerys in this yeah. direction. Do you still root for her though after what happened?
1: I I mean, I, here's what I do. Because I feel like everybody, she's been like everybody's made problematic decisions. This mm. is game of thrones, nobody's perfect. Mm. Like we've all, they've all killed. Mm. Nobody's you know. And I felt like she gave a lot of warnings. <laughs>
0: Not like she just did it. You you're know? like she's a feminist hero?
1: I just, I'm just i just saying it's a little anti-feminist to hold her accountable for things you're not holding the male kings up to. Oh. George Baratheon <laughs> was just sitting in his castle all day doing nothing. <laughs> Nobody called him the bad king. I'm just saying. Let's do tweet of the day. I'm sorry. To, okay, listen. us <laughs> <laughs> <Sweet laughs> this. Tweet of the day comes from Bakari, which sounds like a Game of Thrones name. Is there a more disregarded phrase by black folk then please hold your applause until the names of all graduates have been called yeah, I just honestly not every name no. there's not every, every, every name. name that's every my name. baby that's my baby <laughs> Dude, I think it's right. Listen, I it's graduation season, so I know a lot of y'all fill in this tweet. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> Congratulations to all the graduates. We would applaud you after each name. After I each think name. that's the crazy thing. I, the, the, the onus is on the people. Anybody that ever, if you're ever in that position where you're saying, please hold your applause until the end, you're not going to win. Because just they, they don't want, even they try. Want the,
1: they wanted to go fast. They don't want people to have to stay there for 16 hours. I don't have to do Do you know how long years? my graduation was? It fan. was like 10,000 black students Ooh. and every parent's family cheered. Michelle Obama was our speaker and poor first lady had to just sit there she while everything she was on stage because we got to like, see her as we walked by. Was it, was, I feel like she might have snuck out after a service but it was just so... <laughs> you just Was it hot? It was hot. It was North Carolina. Oh, right. So it was hot. <laughs> right. But I'm just saying, like, I love us, and tuition is expensive. And, That's all I'm saying. Four next. years is a lot of work. I, I think
0: everybody <laughs> deserves applause. But well, listen, coming up, I sit down with comedian and actor Rachel Dratch. But up next, we are going live from the district.
1: Welcome back. We're going live from the district with BuzzFeed News, Capitol Hill correspondent Emma Loop. Good morning, Emma.
4: Good morning, Sylvia.
0: Emma, do you watch Game of Thrones? Did you care about last night's episode at all?
4: So I did not watch last night's episode. Here's my Game of Thrones situation. Uh, A few years ago, I said, I'm going to read the books and then I'm going to watch the shows. And this was before I moved to the U.S. So I got about three books in and then I got moved to the U.S. and all hell broke loose. And I kind of just had to put the book down And now I'm at the point where I want to finish the books, but I don't know if I remember where I'm even at in the books. And I don't know if I could pick it back up and remember everything that's happening. You know, there's a thousand characters and whatnot. So I just don't know what to do.
1: You know, the old me would have told you to go ahead and start, but I'm here from the future to tell you to save yourself the pain. (laughs)
0: Save yourself the pain. Wow. Save
1: yourself the pain. I also like
5: that American
0: American politics are just messing up everything in your life, Emma, and I apologize for that. Here's a tweet from the New York Times reporter Michael Schmidt. At least twice in the past month, White House officials have sought to get former White House counsel Don McGahn to say he didn't believe Trump obstructed justice. So far, McGahn has refused to do so. So Emma, why is the White House pressuring McGahn to do this? And do we know why he's refusing to?
4: So according to this New York Times story, the White House has asked McGahn twice Uh, to kind of publicly say that he personally does not believe that Donald Trump obstructed justice. Obviously, the Mueller report relies fairly heavily on McGahn and other people kind of within the president's orbit. And so, you know, it would be helpful to Trump for him to come out and say, oh, I actually don't believe he obstructed justice, even though he detailed to investigators all of these incidents, which definitely raised the alarm. And so, according to this story, you know, people within the White House kind of wanted McGahn to go out because it would help Trump, but also because it would calm him, uh, which is kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> and unnerving.
1: <a> <laughs> I know. And it doesn't seem like it calmed him, considering, like, his response. Can you talk about Trump's response?
4: Yeah, so McGahn obviously did not do that. It's unclear why he decided against doing it. Uh, but Trump and his allies obviously aren't pleased. Trump set out a tweet recently saying that uh, Don McGahn was at greater risk of being fired Then Bob Mueller uh, saying that he wasn't totally pleased with Don McGahn, so kind of attacking him because he won't kind of go along with what Trump wants him to do. Rudy Giuliani, Trump's personal lawyer, has also gone out and kind of questioned McGahn's reliability. And so that has been the response to undermine his credibility um, and uh, kind of his work at the White House.
0: Which is a playbook I feel like we've seen them draw from again and again. One last question for you, Emma. How is this playing into Trump's fight with Congress over the investigations?
4: So, obviously, House Democrats want to talk to Don McGahn as part of their investigation into potential obstruction of justice. Um, And it it seems like because, you know, he was at the White House at the time, the White House might not let Don McGahn testify to, uh, you know, the House Judiciary Committee uh, because, you know, Trump has kind of signaled that he's not very supportive of that. Uh, He has already he said that McGahn has testified for about 30 hours to Mueller's investigators. So why would he let him go now talk to Congress. Um, and obviously Congress wants to hear from Bob Mueller as well. And so we will see if, when and if that happens. Uh, but the House Democrats would certainly like to talk to both of them.
1: All right. Well, th- well yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for joining us, Emma. Thanks for having me. Up next, I speak with Shonda White about summer love. Stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> that was beautiful. Spring has sprung and love is in the air. At least that's what they say with me. Healthy Relationships Ambassador Shonda Brown-White joins me now to talk about some guidelines you should follow when your potential mate comes courting. Hi, Shonda. Hi, thanks for having me today. Thanks for joining us because we need help, sis. I don't even have crushes in these streets. I don't even know how people are finding love and men and stuff. So like, can you explain to me why is it important to be upfront about expectations when you meet somebody new?
6: Yeah, absolutely. Like I used to be that girl who thought that, well, if I'm upfront about my expectations, then they're not going to want to date me or they're not going to want to be with me. But what I realized was that I was hiding and I wasn't being real about what I wanted and then ultimately I wouldn't get what I wanted because my expectations were different from what they were providing me so it's really important to like be upfront about your expectations and don't be scared because they're either gonna live up to it or they're not and if they don't then you have you have to like meet people where they are or you can leave them there so you just have to make a decision like are they gonna meet my expectations or should I just go on to the next person? So it's really important to be honest about those expectations so people know like what you want up front, where you want to go, and what you're looking for in a relationship. That that makes sense. It also seems
1: like, you know, you save time because you can waste a lot of time just pretending you want something else. Exactly. Exactly.
6: And you um, and you get disappointed. And you That's a lot of times when you experience heartache because you're expecting them to be or do for you what they never signed up to do. So especially if they don't know and they're like, well, I didn't know you wanted to be in a relationship. It's like, well, you didn't communicate that. So it's like ultimately you're disappointed.
1: Right. And you also write about, despite the fact that texting has become a way of life, you think it should be limited during the courting phase. Can you explain why that is?
6: Yes, absolutely. Like, of course, when you're first dating, like, you you know, you might date and talk to different people trying to figure out who you really want to, like, be serious with. But when it, like, goes to the courting stage, you're more serious. You're more intentional about wanting to be with a person. I always say, like, you can tell a man's interest in you by how intentional they are with you and towards you. Because, you know, texting, you can get things miscommunicated. Things can be misinterpreted. You might think they're angry when they're like, that wasn't my tone at all. I mean, we've all had situations where you text someone and they think that you meant it a certain way. You're like, I really didn't mean it. You try to add a little LOL to make it, you know, make it sound like humorous or, you know, make it light. But, you know, texting can just kind of it's, it's not a great way to like communicate. It's convenient, but it's not always the best way to really get to know somebody and like have genuine conversations and have that face-to-face time that you really need in a relationship, especially when you're trying to court and go to the next uh, stage of relationship.
1: No, I agree. I agree. I mean, if a man cold calls me these days, I'm impressed. I'm like, wow, who are you? Exactly. Who raised you like this? Thank her for me. Um, but let's talk to the, about actual dates. Why do you consider Netflix and chill lazy?
6: Uh, because it is, it's like, you're not putting in any effort. Like it's like, of course my husband and I, we Netflix to chill a lot, but we're clearly married and it's like, we don't have to like go out all the time, but it's lazy. Like anybody could just say, well, you want to come over Netflix to chill? And then it's kind of like, um, I'm worth a date. Like I'm worth you taking me out on a date and like putting in some effort, like, People call it old school or whatever, but it's like, no, like as a woman, like I'm worth you taking the time to get to know me, especially if you're courting, like if you're trying to take things to the the next level, I need to know that we're not going to live the rest of our lives Just Netflix and chill. Like I love Game of Thrones just as much as the next person. But guess what? I want to go out. I want to hear some live music. I want to go to the movies. So you know, Netflix and chill is just like a lazy kind of excuse to say, well, I don't really have to put in much effort. And unfortunately, it's kind of become like the the standard now. It's like, oh, that's just what we do. And it's like, no, like you can expect
1: more, and you can like actually expect a man to take you out on a real date yeah and speaking of those real dates what kind of dates do you think are best when you're trying to get to know somebody because one of the main excuses i hear from guys is well tell like i ran out of date ideas or i don't know where to take her or what to do like why do i have to be the one it? On you know so exactly. can you give them some ideas please <laughs> yeah, and it's so funny because it's like
6: guess what guys you have google so even if you are don't have if you don't have an idea you can google cheap date ideas best ideas to get to know people a lot of things i like to do or that I've seen, uh, that I've done as well as others. I suggest like paint and sip. A good old dinner is still great because that gives you time to talk with each other. Sporting events, you know, sporting events is a win-win for everybody because especially if you're female like me, you don't really care about sports. It's great for the guy, but it also gives you some intimate time because you're sitting close to each other. You can talk to each other, Um, Going to like different classes, maybe a pottery class, um, maybe even a picnic at a park, taking a long walk like at a park, Like those are just, I just gave you what, like seven or eight ideas. And it's like, guys are, they want to make those excuses. But it's like, if you can't even come up with them on your own, Google is your best friend. Like just Google it or go on Twitter and search for date ideas.
1: Real. So I want to talk about, you know, when dating doesn't always turn into a relationship and the nice, and the way you should go about breaking it off when you don't feel anybody. In the age of ghosting, can you please talk about like the respectful properly communicated way to break it off if you're not feeling somebody anymore.
6: Yes, one of my personal dating what I call 10 commandments is thou shall not ghost her or him. All if you want to break it off with someone, just be honest and say, "Listen, this isn't really what I thought it was going to be or I'm just not at a this isn't going to work for the whether it's timing or we're just not that compatible," you know? And I'm not going to say that you shouldn't text, I I don't know, especially if you're just dating somebody, I don't necessarily disagree that it, it can't be a text. Like you can text, but you know, at least provide some type of explanation, especially when it comes to women. A lot of times they want closure. Mm-hmm. So if you're just ghosting a girl and you're not saying like, why you left or why you no longer talking to her like that can be kind of hurtful and you can be kind of confused like well I don't know what happened we were talking every day and then he just up stop talking so just be honest like honesty is the best policy it sounds cheesy but it's true so it's like just be honest with the female or the male and let them know like hey this just isn't working out like I'm just gonna
1: have to move on, <laughs> right? And that's and I agree that that's all you have to say because I feel like some people think that if they say that and then stop talking, that that's ghosting. But no, you don't have to respond when they keep hitting you up after the fact. Just make sure. I feel like just as long as you say it once, that's doing your due diligence. Exactly. Exactly. Well, thank you for joining us, Shonda. You can buy Shonda's Ooh. book, "Don't Be a Wife to a Boyfriend," oop, on Amazon <laughs> now. Up next, Isaac sits down with actor Rachel Dratch.
0: Welcome back. This is the Sit Down and I'm here with Rachel Dratch, comedian, uh, all-around fantastic human being and star of Wine Country, which is out now on Netflix. Good morning.
2: Hi. How
0: are you? I'm good. Uh, it was Mother's Day yesterday? Yes. Did you and your son get time to celebrate? Or
2: um, Well, he went to a birthday party, and so then I went out. I went out with Amy Poehler, actually. We had a mom date. <laughs> <But> <laughs> Without I had some the morning, had some That's morning beautiful. times with him, with my son, yeah. Yeah, but— and my the- mom was in town, too, so it was a multi-generational— quick celebration. Yeah. Yes.
0: But I think it's a good way. I think Mother's Day should be like somebody else watches the kid I guess. a It was bit. kind
2: of accidental, but I was like, I'll take it. So, you're, yeah. you like, yeah. I'll take it. Yeah. Amy Poehler, of course, uh, this is her
0: directorial debut. Yes. Let's get into wine country. Um, it started, basically, you guys went on a trip with your SNL cast members when your 50th birthday. Yeah. And you guys turned it into a movie?
2: Yeah, well, it wasn't an intentional, like, we just went to go on the trip. Okay. Then later, afterwards, I think Emily Spivey, who was on the trip, and May Maybe Amy Poehler. I don't know who came up with the idea. Someone was like, let's do a movie about like this kind of trip. Like, <laughs> ladies in one country. Yeah. So then Emily wrote it with um, Liz Krakowski. And uh, we all, the biggest uh, challenge is probably getting all our schedules together. Of course. So there's some busy ladies. Yeah. And But we did it. We did it. We filmed it last spring.
0: And you pulled it off. I want to ask, was there a moment during your birthday trip, during the actual trip, that's not the film trip, where you were like, wait a sec, like, this could actually be pretty good. Was there like, and, and no, was there a I moment just, that made it in?
2: Oh yeah, okay, there are several moments that are sort of borrowed from real. The The biggest parallel I'd say is we did, Amy did arrange for a tarot card reader to come and she was not what you would expect a tarot card reader. To be. She was like really cranky. Like you expect this kind of like airy-fairy energy and she was just like cranky and like didn't want us to touch the tarot cards. And it was just like, we're, like, okay. And so that's, in the movie, in the movie, she gives us really bad fortunes, which that didn't really happen. But she's played by <laughs> Cherry Jones in the movie, and that's the most. And then we did have my friend, really, is a paella chef, and he really did cart us around to the wine places and make us paella. But there, that's where the similarities. That's uh, where the similarities. And because that guy, Jason Schwartzman, plays him in the movie. And he- yeah. Much more freaky than my. <laughs> <laughs> You're like yeah. that's not that's not how we acts. Any similarities are <laughs> or Whatever, yeah.
0: Whatever that phrase is. Yeah. Do you do you? Uh, was it like fun to make it a second time? Like this this looked like yes. one of those movies where it seems clear that even after the camera stopped rolling, you guys were yes. still having a blast. That
2: is true. We did have a lot of laughs. Just you know, you have a lot of downtime in movies. Like, let me tell you about films. But you have a lot of downtime. <laughs> and, like, you did laugh a lot. Like that was a fun bonus that I kind of forgot. Like when back when we were at SNL like. We had such good time. I mean it's a lot of pressure to come up with characters, but there's also so many laughs because you're with the funniest people ever. So filming this, yes, even off camera, we were laughing a lot. And um, it was, we filmed partly in LA and then we did get to actually film in Napa for some of it. So it's just, I love Napa when it it felt know. almost
0: like a free trip that they're paying totally. you. Totally, I know. That's, that's pretty yeah. exciting. Um, who's next up in your group of friends? Like, whose birthday oh, is coming well, up? well,
2: it would be, I think, like, Tina's next, but it's not for a couple of years because I don't want to age Tina up okay. too high. But, <laughs> no, she's got a couple of years before she's. So, but she would be the next one, but... um do you we have any plan- Anna, We did Ana last
0: year. Do you have any plans? Like, would you keep going back to Wine Country or would you I try and plan it? I think we'd change new- it up. Okay. But
2: I've gone back there with a lot of different lady groups. So um, <laughs> <laughs> that's why we first went there, because I'd gone with other friends. So um, I hope to be a fixture there. Uh, but, um, but no, I think we'd change it. Like, we went to Palm Springs for Ana. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Who knows what the future? Will. I'm looking forward
0: to like Napa just building a statue to you. I would love that you, it. You're just doing yes. so much for them. Yeah, and I get like
2: a free wine card anywhere I went. That would be good
0: too. <laughs> just like yeah. a glass that anywhere you yeah. bring it, you drink that'd for free. That'd be good. That i w- have
2: my fancy glass or not, <laughs> <laughs> whatever. Oh, okay. Yeah, something like
0: that. Um, we did mention it earlier, but Amy directed this film. It is her film directorial debut. What? What is she like as a director?
2: She is, su- I mean, in real life, she's like super fun. And also just, you know, she has her creative vision in mind all the time. So that's exactly what it was like being directed by her. Like, she she created a fun, chill set. She wasn't like, like I want everyone! You know, like, you hear those <laughs> She stories. wasn't like that tarot card that, reader. <laughs> you know, she wasn't like that. She wasn't like, you know, a shouty director. She just made it really fun, and she just let us do our thing, because we're so used to working together, too. So. And
0: so was there a lot of spontaneity? Is there, like, yeah, going I mean, off script? Yeah, some scripts?
2: scenes are more improvised. Like, there's one where Amy and I are doing wine tasting, um, like, with a like the wine expert guy and um, that was like totally improvised there's most of it sticks pretty hard to the script though but then she was always up for I think probably there's a scene in a hot tub with um, Maya and Emily talking about Prince their love for Prince I think probably a lot of that was improvised It's the feeling I get when I watch so yeah some, it's a little of both
0: easy, yeah. easy to love uh, Prince obviously yes um, listen there's a lot. You, you guys are all such incredible actors like such an incredible funny group of women there's a lot of talk about like women in comedy it's an ongoing conversation I'm sure it's been happening your whole career. Do you ever think of it from that perspective?
2: Well, of course we get asked that a lot. Like, is it hard for women to come in? I just mm. think, like, well, first of all, at SNL, we came at a time when it was very level. Like, there wasn't—it was felt very equal when I was at SNL. I heard it was worse than the old days. But in any case, coming up um, at Second City in Chicago, like, you know, there were kind of fewer women improvising. Mm. But— um, Now it's more even, I think. And also I think as women improvisers or comedians, you don't think like, I'm a woman doing it. You just think like, what do I think is funny? So I don't think we're as aware that we're not dudes. I just like <laughs> the rest of everyone that asks us. This, are, you you know sick, I mean?
0: are you sick of getting
2: asked that question? Like, oh. I mean, it just—I always just give the same answer, for like over the past twenty years. So <laughs> I, I'm not like am not like taking umbrage about it. But I just like you just do what you think is funny. Even if you're a guy, I don't think you think like, well, what will the audience think is funny? You just yeah. think, well, here's what I think is funny. So here yeah.
0: it is coming off the top of my head. Yeah. Your character in the movie, your therapist.
2: Yes. Are that's you, my career not taken. It's my career path.
0: Do you think you would make a good therapist? Well,
2: I that's what I really wanted to do. So, I would like to think I'd make a good therapist. I'm, but yeah, I'm but so sorry
0: that me. entertainment sweeps you off your course. Things well, kind of worked out.
2: plan, but um yeah, but but no, so they made me a therapist in this movie because they were like if you could be something else what would you want to be? Uh-huh. So, Sorry, I interrupted you. No, your no, no. That's
0: great. Okay. Would, would, would you say you're the therapist of your group? Do like people come to you with I their problems? I like
2: to think I am, but we probably all <laughs> trade the hat. You know, someone's always helping someone else. <laughs> I really like to do dream interpretations because I like to, you know, when you say it back, like there's your answer. When you describe your dream, uh-huh. usually use some phrase that's like. Oh, that's what you mean. But anyway, I'm wait, really glad. No, wait, did, no, no, no.
0: Do you like it when people tell you about your dreams? That's no, like no, something no, you do? no. okay. I don't
2: like it when people are like, oh my God, let me tell you about my dream. That's really boring. But if, someone, if someone's like, I have this really weird dream, what do you think this means? Like, I like trying to figure out what it means. You like, you like yeah, getting yeah. in there. Yeah. I love it. All right,
0: <laughs> one last question, then we're going to play a quick game. Oh, okay. But Debbie Downer, obviously yeah. one of your just incredible characters. I think it's like the 15 year anniversary
2: of Debbie Downer? Yeah.
0: Oh, God. I think you're it, probably right. I think it yeah,
2: might Oh my be. gosh, you're right.
0: But the, that's but frightening. Things are very down right Time now. Time really
2: goes more quickly than you think. <laughs> um, no, things are down right now. That's true. Do you think that
0: character would have, like, how do you think Debbie Downer would deal with right you now? You
2: know, at first, I thought of even doing like a Twitter account like as Debbie Downer, but it's like now things are so bad that you can't even, like, you, don't, you can just print the headlines and you don't even need to make any jokes. So <laughs> then I dropped that idea. You're
0: like You're like, I don't need the voice even. Because exactly. everything is you just, just so
2: quote, real news. <laughs> I do send Paula Pell. So Paula and I wrote those together, Paula uh-huh. Pell. And every time I see a headline that's very Debbie Donner, I just send it to her. Because I did see one recently and said, it said, look what else the cat's dragging in. Parasites. That was just <laughs> a real. That was a real headline. And that just seemed like something Debbie Donner would say. So,
0: so yeah. yeah, the world is terrible as it is. Yeah. All it's right. like
2: Debbie Donner's world right now. It, it, yeah, okay. <laughs> we all have her. Oh, just yeah. dying to bubble up. <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
0: Um, well, listen, you've 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 played. You've been a part of so many different shows. You've played so many different characters. So we're going to test your own knowledge uh, of your own career oh God. in a game we like here. to call Rachel Roulette.
2: Okay. Get it? Yes. Roulette. Yes, <laughs> yeah. now I get it. Okay, here Second. we go. Okay.
0: Which one of these projects did you appear in? I'm scared. AP Bio, Parks and Recreation, Maya and Marty.
2: Parks and Rec.
0: Done. Nailed You got it. You got it. You got it. I played a nanny. On what TV show did you play a medieval woman named Methelda? Okay. Man
2: man, seeks. Go ahead. Man Seek's Woman? Man Man Seeking Woman. (laughs) Woman. Nailed it. Yes.
0: I love it. All right. On which of these animated series have you never voiced a character? The Awesomes? The Cleveland Show? Squidbillies?
2: Ooh, I want to say squidbillies. Trick
0: question. Oh. You, you've done them all. I, that's what I was going to sorry. Okay. That's, on that's on me. That's on me. That's on me. That was a little gotcha okay, journalism.
2: Right. Not great. Now I'm not proud of it. I'm not proud it's of this all right. moment.
0: All right, we got Everything
2: it. I think for good TV. <laughs> or whatever we're on right <laughs> now. <laughs> yeah, okay. good Twitter TV. That's right. <laughs> Wherever I've placed Yeah, whatever's okay. happening right
0: now. Which of these drag queens <laughs> appeared with you and drag race winner Bianca Del Rio in Hurricane Bianca. Okay. Shangela, Roxy Andrews, or Bob the Drag Queen?
2: Shangela. Yes. You
0: got it. You yeah. got it. I like that too. Which of these is the name of a character you play on Bob's Burgers? Mrs. Fishoder? Jody? Or Stephanie? Jody. Nailed it! And last okay. one here, which of these movies were you most in, in most recently? That's my boy, My Life in Ruins, or Sisters?
2: Most recently? I want to say, oh, sisters? You, you, All you, right. yeah. You know your career it's I pour over my IMDb page every night. I just look at my projects every night. What else have I done? Okay. That's why I'm so good at that game. That is a okay. great,
0: you're like every day you check it out. Well, thank you so much. And congratulations on Wine Country. It's so wonderful. <laughs> That's absolutely wonderful. It's streaming now on Netflix, so go watch it. Up next, you'll see my conversation with the incredible author, Ann Patchett. Oh my Welcome back. I am so excited to be joined by the award-winning author Anne Patchett. You know her books Commonwealth, Bel Canto, and so many more. Now she's out with her first children's book, Lambside. Good morning. How are you? Hey,
5: Isaac. I'm so excited to have you on the show. I'm just glad to see you again anywhere. It is really good to see you again. I want to,
0: if if you'll indulge me, I'm going to read the first line of the book. Sure. On the farm there was a flock of lambs who believed the sun came up in the morning because they were ready to get up and play and set at night because they were sleepy and ready for bed. That's right. Uh, You just nailed it. I feel like that's just a beautiful, beautiful first line. Could have been the first line of a novel. Why would you choose to make it the first line of a kid's book?
5: How many kid's books do you read, Isaac? I've got a couple. I've read a couple. I know a few of them. I just feel like it was a good one. I don't know. I mean they're they're self-centered those lands. <laughs> uh, it's, everything about writing children's book is completely natural and savantish to me. So it's not like I sat down and thought, What would be a good first line? I mean, I don't know. I just wrote it.
0: (laughs) You just wrote it. What what did you learn about the process? Because this is your first children's book, and it is different than other writing projects.
5: Yeah, because it only has 750 words, (laughs) and the books have like 350 pages. It's different. It's actually a lot closer to writing an op-ed for The New York Times than it is writing a novel. Seriously, that's where the learning curve is. Go on. Tell me more about that. So I'm all about word count. You know, I came up in the magazine business, but if somebody says to me, we need an op-ed 750 words... I get that. Like, I have to tell the whole arc of the story in this much space. Uh So if somebody says, a children's book, 750 words, I completely get that. I know how to condense. You know
0: how to condense. Right.
5: And to get right to the point, I know how to build the action Mm -hmm.
0: into a few amount of words. So you felt comfortable with this. This did not, you were like, oh, I could do this all
5: day. I could really do this all day. (laughs) I mean, I've written like 10. Really? This is maybe the fifth one I wrote. Okay. And they're publishing all of them. It's not like we threw the first ones out. No, you have... T- so you are about to become like a kid's book author. I-, I totally am. And I have about six in my head. If you just hit me... Hard. A children's book would fall well, out of my mouth. Are you working with the same illustrator? Yes, because she is my whole life. Robin Price Glasser. The whole reason that I'm doing this mm-hmm. is I met Robin. She came to the bookstore, Parnassus in yep. Nashville. yeah. And she said she was finishing up the uh, Fancy Nancy series. Uh-huh. Asked me if I wanted to do a children's book. And really the rest is history. And you guys just got along and you were like, let's like a do this. Like house of fire. Like we saw each other from across the room and we're like, you... You are my person. Okay, and so this book itself, it's like, you've got a bunch of them coming out, but this one in particular is this called is, Lamb Slides. Where we were
0: on right it's about now. some lambs yep. who really want to build a slide yep. for themselves That's on right. the farm. Right. Felt a little bit, like, a little bit about elections. What are you hoping kids take away from this A little bit about
5: elections. So you want to know where I got the idea? Yeah. So I was reading the New York Times, Mm -hmm. and this was a year ago last March. Connor Lamb wins the 17th Congressional District in Pennsylvania. There's a photograph of someone holding up a piece of poster board. It says a lamb slide. And I was like—I said to my husband, um, I got to go upstairs just real quick. I just— Because I figured everybody (laughs) in the world is gonna be writing a book called Lambslide, right? (laughs) So yeah, it's about a a group of lambs who misunderstand landslide. Uh They want a (laughs) lambslide. They petition the other animals on the farm to get a lambslide. You know what the next one's gonna be? What is it? It's coming out next year. Like She's drawing it right now. Uh You are not gonna believe that no one has written this book before. Go. A scapegoat. (laughs) (laughs) How is that possible? How is it that and, no one's done that?
0: I just love that you were like, I was so surprised nobody saw that photo of a political moment in the New York Times lamb and turned it slide? into a kid's book like yourself. Okay, well, congrats on that. And congrats on.
5: Plus, I'm now walking kid. around singing the lamb slide <laughs> you know.
0: You're just It's going to be all animal puns from here on out.
5: Totally. You did
0: just mention Parnassus, so uh-huh. I did want to ask you about right. Parnassus, too. How's the store doing? So good. It's down in Nashville. So How many years now?
5: Uh, seven and a
0: half. Okay, seven and a half years. Yeah. I know Saeed and I got to visit when we were down there yeah. just this past fall. What would you say to somebody who wants to start their own bookstore?
5: Do it. Okay. Um, it's been the great joy of my life Honestly, there are advantages that we have, and you know, the and of course we're in Nashville, which is booming, 100 people a day are moving to Nashville. Mm-hmm. But a huge benefit that we have is the airport and direct flights. Oh. So, I mean, that sounds crazy, but if you're in Omaha, mm-hmm. uh, you're not going to get the authors. Mm-hmm. And that's a, such a huge part of our success is we're on everybody's tour schedule. And that's a lot how we make the money, how yeah. we make payroll, how we keep the lights on, is author big events.
0: So it's really about placement, you would say. Like if somebody's like, I really want to open a bookstore, they should really think about what community they want to open it and up in. And how
5: they're going to get the authors to come. How they're going to get the people to come, mm-hmm. how they're going to get the authors to come parking. It's like all these things you never thought you'd be obsessed with, parking. You're
0: now obsessed with right. them. Uh, we had loved it so much. We love Parnassus Books um, and, and had such a good time when we were in Nashville. You also invited Saeed and I to breakfast.
5: I poached you eggs. I remember. Which was yeah.
0: really just like really incredible. And in that moment, I, it was just such a delight to get to spend some time with you because one of the things I had said to Saeed, I said, hey, I, I don't know if I want to Take her Sunday morning and and, and meet for breakfast. I, I don't want to impose. Inside was like, "Hey he was man, like, it. like it's southern. Like it's right. if she invites <laughs> you, she means she wants you to be there." Yeah. you are very straightforward. Yeah, it's something I admire you, about you. Thank you. I'm gonna tell a quick story, real no, quick. Do. do you know what I'm gonna tell? Uh, surprise me. The Today I, I, Show. Oh, when you and I first met in October, we we met at, and this was like last year, basically. Yeah. Maybe, yeah, yeah. Maybe in the spring when we met. We were about to be interviewed by Savannah Guthrie, and you noticed on my phone my fiance. Just right. you notice a picture of her. Beautiful said, woman on your phone. Who's that? Who's that beautiful woman? I said, my fiance. Right. You said, When are you getting married? I said, we don't have a date. And as Savannah Guthrie is walking over to us, as the cameras are turning to us, you said, it's like my husband always tells me: a long engagement is just a very polite no. And then Savannah sat down and we had to talk about books. And I had to hold that joy slash horror
5: in. I wanted to go. go. I burned that into your heart. It's something. And I, are you married No. And I
0: don't. I don't have a date. You're not wrong. Okay. Here's the thing, though. It, it's something I think about every day. I aspire to be that straightforward. So were you always
5: a straightforward person? Yeah. Is, it's not something you learned? Yeah. So yesterday... I spent the day with my new children's book editor, okay. right? who I really didn't know before. Mm-hmm. And we're driving back from an event to her house and she said, I've ordered us both a Cobb salad for lunch. Is that okay? <laughs> and I was like, no. <laughs> vegetarian it's chicken and cheese and bacon Bacon, I'm pretty Um, sure like there are things you can fake but you cannot fake a Cobb salad in that moment there was nothing for me to say but no it's not okay I'm sorry I'm so sorry (laughs) I can't eat a piece of bacon to make you, to feel make you okay. feel uncomfortable. Yeah, right. That is really impressive, and so that's the is way. Is that impressive, or is it just blindingly rude? I, I'm no. never. Like, I feel like I'm always walking that line. And I'm telling
0: you, I think we live in a world where too many people are just trying to, like, you know, make everybody feel a little comfortable, and sometimes that gets us in more trouble than we admit. So I think your straightforwardness is very nice. Okay, good. And Thanks. that's why I'm really happy that you are shaping young minds that's with right. books like Landslide. Right. Well, thank you so much for joining thank us. It's always such me. a delight to see you. I really appreciate it. Listen, Landslide is in stores now. Pick up a copy at your local independent book. Store buy two give one to a friend. Teach your kids about voting. Teach your kids about voting. Yeah. More AM to DM is up next. That was so wonderful.
1: Welcome back. <laughs> I'm sad, Isaac. Why are you sad? Because
0: I realized this is my last time I was still oh, with you. Don't do that to me live <laughs> on camera. Yeah, miss I'm you. sad too. I'm gonna miss you, man. I'm gonna. Oh, don't. <laughs> why are you doing this I'm to sorry. me right now? You trying, sorry. I was expecting you to come with a hate for Cersei or some shit. I now know, just trying to but make then my cry. emotions
1: has got the best of me blame
0: on day. I really love hosting with you, though. I am, I I'm going to miss it, too. I love hosting with you. Uh,
1: oh. Uh. oh, okay. <laughs> to the tweets. <laughs> to the tweets. <laughs> Kirsten Baptiste tweeted this about Isaac's interview with Rachel Dratch. Debbie Downer was the skit I loved.
0: It, Debbie Downer was like a classic. It's a classic. But yes. that's the thing about Rachel dress. That's why I, I was so excited to sit down with her. She has been doing it. She's for, been doing and it. And she's done so many characters. Like, I guarantee you, if there's a sitcom that you love or a show that you love, she guest starred in at least one episode, probably yes. more. I know you're right. It's such it's such a common phrase that when you said it, I thought you were about to,
1: like, do a Debbie Downer. <laughs> Not that you were talking about the scale. Oh, oh, like the actual skit. Like the I actual skin. I was like, character. where is he taking the interview? I was like. You're like, oh. I'm just
0: trying to get real sad all of a I'm sudden. sudden.
1: He's trying to get kind of real- like what I did at the time. Yeah. of <laughs> the Trying to get real emo.
0: <laughs> but listen, we wanted to know how you felt about Cersei's death on last night's episode of Game of Thrones. And Jen says hated it. Thank she you. She deserved an incredible death, not just being crushed under some rocks with her brother. Lover. lover. I Which, love that that's a phrase now. That's a phrase Brother now. lover. Brother lover.
1: I think even if you were a fan of Cersei, I'm looking mm. at you, Blazion FMA, you wanted her <laughs> to have an incredible death. Like, she was worthy of a better death mm. than that, mm. is I love to say.
0: Going out swinging.
1: Going out swinging.
0: Did she have, like, at least, like, some last, like some last wine sips? No, because she's pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> so- <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, eight bit lipstick tweeted this about my summer love discussion with Shonda White. When I was single, I put out a personals ad on the this Instagram account for queer women to meet up, and I put exactly what I was looking for. And one year later, my girlfriend has checked
0: every box on there. Straightforward, kind of what I was talking with Ann Patchett about. So, like, be man- straightforward. Man- Ask man- for what you want. And manifest your. Manifest insight? what you're looking for. I do wanna say. Do I used to go on Instagram and post an ad? <laughs> <laughs> I did really enjoy that conversation, but you're out here saying you've got no crushes. I loved your tweet. Mm-hmm. I saw it over the weekend. Thank you. Retweeted it. Not a one. Does, does it
1: feel a little freeing though? A little bit? It is a little freeing. I'm like, wow, so this is what it feels like to remove the weight of the patriarchy <laughs> on my back. <laughs> I, I, my skin is glowing. I can see clearly now my allergies stopped acting up. You got up. more time. Like, I got time. How's your credit disease. doing? My credit score, I got to check it, but it probably went up. <laughs> it probably went up. Okay.
0: Sylvia, so, yeah, as always, th- I gotta say thank you to you. Thank you for hosting. I love you so much. Thank you to our guests, Emma Loop, Ingu Kang, Shonda Brown-White, and Patchett, and of course, Rachel Dratch. Saeed will be back tomorrow with Isaac at 10 a.m.
1: Have a great rest of your day.
0: Give it up here. Hey, hey. Give it up here. That was yes. wonderful.